0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Positive Living the program
1: that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well,
2: hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. And I'm Patricia Raskin. And as we always say on this program... This program is to help you transform your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions. And we are here every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. I have been on Positive Living on Voice America. We are now in our sixth year. And I came on this network when it was really almost beginning. I think it had been in existence about a year So I've spent a lot of time on the Internet and know that this is a wonderful way to disseminate information to you that will help you change the quality of your life, and that's what positive living is all about. I have a really great guest for you today, and you can call us if you're listening live today, which is April the... Let's see. Our day today is April the 7th, so if you are listening live today at 11 a.m. Pacific or 2 p.m. Eastern, give us a call at 866-472-5788. My guest today is Elijah Free, and his new book is Apprentice to Angels. He's a professional healer for over 30 years whose work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and nutritional consultant. He specializes in pain elimination, including fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that create pain in tissue. And we're talking about his new book, Apprentice to Angels, which is about healing, spirituality, and his life as a healer. Hi, and welcome, Elijah.
3: Hello, Patricia. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you today. I really do appreciate this.
2: Oh, I'm glad. What does it mean to be an apprentice to angels? What does the title mean? Well,
3: what it came to me, when I was working on the book, I actually had a different working title at the beginning, and one day I was working on a patient, and I heard the term apprentice to angels, and I felt it was really worthwhile to change the title of the book. I was actually only into the first chapter when that occurred. To me, what an apprentice to angel means is to have a very deep dedication to helping people. Um, I specialize in pain elimination. I've done that for over 30 years. I've been at my clinic with uh, the group of doctors that I work with now for oh, almost eight and a half years. And through that time, I've created a form of body work that specializes in uh, pain elimination. I received a patent last year for a cure for fibromyalgia. We just licensed two new formulas, actually, one for um, arthritis, which is a remarkable cure. And if you can believe this, even one for TMJ, I've recently come hmm. up with. But to be an apprentice to angels, I'm kind of putting all of this together here, means to have a deep dedication to helping people to overcome something in life. And physical pain is something that, well, seems to really sing to me. So um, I've dedicated my life in many years now to the alleviation of that through various forms of uh, healing work, formulations that are being marketed as of now and different work like that, but it can be in really any field, I feel, of endeavor. We can be an apprentice to angels all day long by Mm -hmm. how we interact and treat with everybody that we come forward Mm -hmm. to in the world. And so it isn't just necessarily being a professional healer, but we can all begin to become healers in a way to heal the world by the way that we interact with the world. Um, In Sanskrit, often at the end of prayers you hear the word Shanti repeated three times Shanti, Shanti, Shanti well Shanti means peace and each Shanti means something different the first one means may I be at peace with myself the second is may I be at peace with all those around me and the third is may I be at peace in the world so it's really putting yourself aside and seeing the importance and how we uplift each and every other person that we meet during our entire day during our lives Mm -hmm.
2: So what you're what you're saying is, um, yes, being a healer is one thing, and that's what you do, but if we're not a healer professionally mm-hmm. um, and don't understand the body mechanics, that we are healers just by our presence and the words we use and our energy.
3: Yes, exactly. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, as a matter of fact, yes, we are. You know, so it, it's, it's what we do, and that's where I feel that the real change in the world is going to happen, is on the individual and then the home and then how we go out into the world. And
2: you know, no, I, I mean, I, I, this is what I believe in, and I've done this work for so long, but you turn on the television, Elijah, that's not what you hear.
3: Well, it's a good time not to turn the TV on then. <laughs> Very mm. truthfully, I don't, I'm not a television watcher and encourage people not to. I think all of the disparaging news to me really just really dredges us down. You know, we need to look at the other side of things. When people come to see me, Patricia, my... my um Uh, specialty in in the practice um, is people with chronic pain who have never been able to heal or not been able to heal and not heal all the way. So sometimes people have had pain for several years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. And the first thing that we always need to do is to help bring the person around to a positive point of view. And truthfully, the news is just not a positive point of view. I think, truthfully, I think being... um, you know, well-educated in terms of what's going on in the world is good, but I think we can just read about so many disparaging events, and then it begins to bring us down also, too, and we begin mm-hmm. to really believe that's all that God mm-hmm. has for us.
2: Do you think, Elijah, and this is controversial, mm-hmm. but if you've read the book or seen the movie The Secret, which is a big rage right now, mm-hmm. that we can visualize what we want to make it happen... Do you feel that we in some way do create our illness? Do you think the ailments of fibromyalgia, for example, are stuck energy in the body?
3: No, fibromyalgia I found to be a specific type of nutritional deficiency. I mean, you, you can relate it as energy, you can relate it as thought, you can relate it as something material, but to actually create a cure, Oh, I'm sorry. We really shouldn't be using that word. Sorry. To really be creating something that can actually help people when I'm not present, we had to actually find the metabolic cause of it, which I did. I was actually one night with a patient, uh, who had a terrible case of fibromyalgia, probably one of the worst I've seen. And, um, I just prayed for a moment and the whole answer came to me. The formulation and the answer came to me in a split mm. second. That's how quickly it took, you know, for that. So in terms of saying that we create this, well, you know, you see, very sad things happen to very wonderful people, and you know that's not a part of their reality. But people become, I feel, again, this is my opinion, my humble opinion, inundated by, we can say, the, you know, what is going on in the world by the, the negative thoughts, you know, by the hatred, by the angers, by the wars, by the lying, the cheating, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's these things sometimes that a person just begins to drown within and then they begin to manifest what we call illness, you know, which mm-hmm. is out of harmony with ourselves. So after 30-something years, I honestly can't say that, gee, we're responsible for everything that happens to us.
2: And that, Yeah, that's been a controversial point, because folks who have criticized the movie The Secret have said that. that the problem is that we think then that if we get sick that it's our fault. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to look at is more forgiveness.
3: Exactly. Forgiveness is... Such a key. It is so important.
2: And knowing that sometimes circumstances do happen and then how do we deal with those to make our lives work the way we want it to?
3: Exactly. There's a in the Lord's Prayer it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our others, and the metaphysical interpretation is, you know, to we seek forgiveness, you know, from God or from everyone else, but we first need to know that it has to come for us, for others you know, that really opens the door. It's, it's the law of what's above, so below, and so on. We create the space for that goodness, and that's what's going to occur. Right. You know, all of that anger in the world these days, you know, and everybody mad at each other and blaming everyone else. Now, in, in
2: your book and in your work, you talk about the difference between mechanical and metabolic problems in the body. Yes. So this is, it's important to understand to do healing. So yes. what's the difference to these commonly misunderstood
3: okay let's use a let's use a good uh, example for example well fibromyalgia is good uh, fibromyalgia occurs where fibrin in the body which should remain semi solvent becomes non solvent and hard so it creates hard tissue in there often they'll call it hardened fascia sometimes they'll call it scar tissue or so on and so usually it's worked on mechanically they try to soften it you know and work it and knead it and all of that stuff but even if you get managed to do it a little bit because of the nature of the tissue, it hardens right back up. Well, I treat it as a metabolic problem, which means that it exists on a cellular level, in which case that the metabolism is not working correctly for one reason or for another. And so we treat it uh, with herbs internally. It normalizes, this is very beautiful, it does not actually attempt to antagonize the hardened tissue. It doesn't even recognize it as a problem formula. Instead, what it does is it normalizes the metabolism of the body, and as a result, the body actually disallows the condition of the hardened fascia that's called fibromyalgia, and within a shortened period of time, the body begins to actually absorb it back because it can no longer exist. So that actually is a metabolic problem, but it's been considered a mechanical problem, which is one of the reasons it's not been figured out. Mm.
2: All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Elijah Free. And Elijah Free is a professional healer for over 30 years whose work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and nutritional consultant. And he specializes in pain elimination, including fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that do create pain in the tissue. We're talking about his new book, Apprentice to Angels, and you can give us a call after the break at 8- 664725788 eight. you're listening to positive living and i'm patricia raskin stay tuned folks we'll be right back
5: as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women & Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women & Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women & Wine, enjoying life, one sip at a time. I can take care of myself.
4: What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern for The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. radio to thrive by. Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I say each week, this program is about bringing you a lot of opportunities to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your challenges into solutions. And that's what this program is all about. My guest today is Elijah Free, who is a professional healer for over 30 years, whose work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and nutritional consultant. And he specializes in pain elimination, including fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that create pain in tissue. He's talking about his new book, Apprentice to Angels, which is really about healing spirituality and his life as a healer. And you can give us a call at 866-472-5788. Welcome back, Elijah. You know, what I find so interesting about your work is that you have created your own formulas to help people heal. Talk about how you've done that.
3: Okay. Well, um, how I became a healer was um, kind of an interesting story. I'll try to keep it real short. Um, During the Vietnam War, I was a medic. I stayed stateside because I was uh, an anti-war GI also, so they didn't want to send me to Vietnam and trained very well after the service. I worked in the medical profession for about a year and a half and then left that. um, Some years later, I had a very serious back injury, and I was in very, very bad pain for about two and a half years. and. Last year I prayed, I said, God, if you ever let me get out of this, I swear I'll learn how to heal other people. Well, after about a year of praying, one morning I woke up and all my bones went into place. And shortly thereafter, a, a friend who had hurt himself very badly, he wanted to bring in for surgery the next day, came over that night and begged me to heal him and, didn't know, I could do those things and ended up healing Artie and found out I was a healer. Um, I seem to have been born with the natural propensity to be able to enter other states of consciousness just upon conscious will and to learn there. Uh, my form of body work that I do to alleviate uh, pain and uh, suffering like that was learned. I would actually call it probably more remembered because there wasn't a learning curve. I kind of went from zero to 60 rather instantly and rather stayed there. Uh, my formulations on it, I have a direct contact, you could say, with the deva, uh, nature spirits, and angels, and they basically help to direct me and uh, how to create a lot of the unusual things that I do now I also have an extremely good medical knowledge from years of training I stay upgraded on that and I do, do my regular study but in terms of the um, you could put it the unusual um, discoveries that I make on a regular basis and the amount of people that I heal who are supposedly incurable on it um, the source where all of this inspiration really comes from is divine love and my commitment uh, to the healing arts and, again, from the wonderful uh, folks in the angel community.
2: And when you say angel community, what do you mean?
3: That Well, angels are divine thoughts of God that we could listen to. Um, they're always there. It's not like somebody comes up with wings and taps me on the shoulder and says, by the way, did you know? But rather, as a shaman, I'm able to take and enter, as I mentioned, other planes of consciousness and commune there, we can say, with beings of different uh, nature so to speak, and that's how I learned and where I um, come up with a lot of my new things from.
2: So, you walk with the. do you think everybody has angels, Elijah?
3: Oh, sure. You know, um, I'm not so sure about the individual angels or anything like that, very truthfully. I've never had an experience of that, but rather in terms of angels directly, everyone has the capacity to have the same contact or the same information, it's just that most people don't listen you know, with it, um, these beautiful ideas of God are constantly communicating to us 24-7 unceasingly. People sometimes get it in moments of inspiration or when they're quiet. We see it occur in many, many endeavors in life and music and arts and science and all kinds of wonderful things in where people listen, you know, and they hear something, you know, or they're inspired by something. But in general, as you were mentioning television earlier, people are just you know, a little too tied up with their everyday lives to really listen to what the divine is telling us. You know, they're listening instead to what mortal mind is telling us about the world, which is just not true. Yeah.
2: Well, I want to talk a little bit more about helping people reduce pain because certainly we have to go to our inner selves to help ourselves, but you really work with people with their symptoms. Talk about how you help people reduce pain.
3: Well, it depends what it is. The first thing I do when people come to see me Issue is always to determine: is it mechanical or is it metabolic? Now, one of the um, main reasons that I have such wonderful success is that I'm both a medical and a structural person. Um, most people are either usually mechanical, you know, in which case that everything seems to have a mechanical cause, or they're medical and most things have a medical cause. When people work together, even a mechanical and a uh, metabolic person, a lot of times things get lost. But I'm trained and have got 30 years pretty much in both disciplines. And so I've actually created forms of uh, modalities and forms of healing that actually address the two. So the first thing that is understanding is a mechanical or is a metabolic. So let's take fibromyalgia one more time, you know, as a uh, good example if we could. People come in, I ascertain that the tissue is fibromyalgia-ridden, and as a result, we begin to take and work with them with herbal formulas. Now, at the same time, they may have bones out of place in which case then we apply, you know, my mechanical methods, notice-freeing or rapid pain elimination, the method that uh, I developed. And then we begin to work. But one of the things that I always love to work with with people, and no one's ever really aware of it, is just changing their reality. And this is so important. You know, every word that I use when I'm working with a person is very carefully intent. It isn't like going, "Oh my God, you've got this kind of tissue," or "Did you know you've mm-hmm. got this?" or "Oh boy, you've got this, or, are you in for it?" Instead, what we're doing is we're establishing a loving base. It doesn't need to be religious, it doesn't need to be spiritual or anything. But when that person's with me, I'm the best friend that they have in the world because I'm working on their behalf, And what I always want to know is what God knows about the person that's correct. I don't need to know what you know every last little problem. All I mm-hmm. need to know is what to do about it. And that's why I have such great successes. I don't focus on the problem. I focus on what we need to do to move out of the problem, uh, let the problem go, eliminate the problem, just completely take the problem out of the picture. And what we have left is a person, you know, who is well. This happens so often, but it's a very different approach, and people love it. I'm not even aware of what's going on. We play. We laugh. We have a good time in the healing room.
2: So what, you, what you're saying is that you also, although you do certainly look at what the issue is, uh-huh. you tune in on another level intuitively. Exactly. Well, we and that's can... a gift. That's really a gift. I mean, you have to have the medical knowledge.
3: Oh, you have to, of course. the
2: other piece is a gift.
3: Yes. Well, I always think of that, but, you know, gifts are to be given, you know, the, you know on it. An, and if it's a gift, then it's not really a gift for me. It's a gift for everyone else, and I feel incredibly blessed to be the one who gets to give the gift on a regular basis.
2: Did you, when did you know you had this gift? Were you a child?
3: Well, I always knew I was kind of a little odd <laughs> growing up, mm-hmm. very truthfully. I was known as a, as a rather strange person growing up, you know, one of those somewhat outcasts you know, that nobody really knew what to do with or wanted to spend time with. Um, When I was in the service, I was an unusually good medic, and when I was a paramedic, I was extremely good. I never lost anybody. But it wasn't until that night that um, when my friend uh, had the injured back and I healed it that I realized that this is what I was. I had no idea what I did in life up until that time, quite truthfully. It was sort of,
2: hmm,
3: I wonder what God has in mind for me, but I really don't have an exact idea. And once it occurred, I was just so grateful and so thrilled. As I've never questioned it, I've always welcomed more and committed myself, you know, to whatever was needed to uh, enhance that and to make myself, you know, better at what it is that I do. Like I mentioned, yeah. now I work with a group of doctors. Um, I work with two naturopathic and one medical doctor in the clinic. They call me a healer, and um, I'm on full status with them as an associate. And I consult with numerous chiropractors, medical doctors, naturopathic doctors, teach and lecture and write and all kinds of things. It's a wonderful life.
2: Let let me ask you this. I think we Uh have time before break. Let me ask you this. If somebody came to you, let's say I came to you, for example, what would be the first thing you would do with me? Would you say, okay, Patricia, what's bothering you? Where's the pain? Or would you kind of tune into my energy? What would you do?
3: Well, probably all of the above on it. I like people to tell me what's going on. We only spend a few minutes and then we get to work. One of the wonderful things I've done over the years is develop what I call my protocols. So when a person comes in and they says, well, I've got lower back pain in the upper right quadrant over here, well, they're pointing to the tip of their right-handed sacrum. I have a whole protocol that goes through that in a very meticulous manner to respace everything and put everything in appropriately. So I only talk for a few minutes with a person and we just get right to work. Unless there's been something really outstanding, unusual, Usually, people just point to it and they spend a couple minutes telling me, and I have a pretty good idea of what's going on, and we just begin to work accordingly.
2: Right. So, it, it's and now, how much of how much of the person you work with has to take responsibility? What things do they have to do besides taking an herb that you may prescribe for them or doing an exercise?
3: How much? Do they, how much part of this are they, the patient, the the client? You know, I try to make it as easy as possible on people. They've already been told that they're either hope, you know, their case is hopeless. They'll be in pain most of their life. They're going to suffer. There's no cure for this or anything. So I like to make it as easy on people as possible, and just you know, make it as light. And first session, you know, have some kind of real good relief in pain, and it just inspires them to take and go on. So. I don't make it a real burden for people that they have to start changing their life. Often, once people start to get out of pain, the wonderful part about human nature that's so good is people's lives just begin to change on their own. When you've Mm. been in pain for five years or six years or really bad pain for even a year or two or three years, suddenly you're out of pain. Quite normally, I find most people just start to really look at their lives on their own, and then when they're ready, we can talk about it. On mm-hmm. it. Um, I never like to inundate a person with too much at the beginning. Just getting them out of pain is enough. And then if they want to, then we can talk, which often people will do.
2: Yeah. So you, you try to make it an easy flow is what you're saying. Exactly. That's what exactly. you try to do. Exactly. But, we make but it there fun. is a like gift. Now, what's interesting to me is, and we have a couple of minutes here, is how you... Coordinate with other specialists. Uh So with a naturopath or a physical therapist or an MD or chiropractor or an acupuncturist. What, how would you have a conversation with them? What would it look like, Elijah?
3: Uh, could you be a little more specific about what...
2: Yeah, I mean, like, what do they say, well, now, I've here are the needles, I'm, you know, I'm using the needles, and this meridian, the acupuncture says, and the chiropractor says, well, I'm adjusting L5, and the, the massage therapist says, well, I'm finding that the person is tight in the shoulders, is, and you say, well, this is what I'm doing. Do you get together like that? Well,
3: some, since I'm a structural therapist, I don't really get together with too many structural people, but I do interface with a number of medical people and Pilates people and things like that, and... I just like to keep it very simple, again, you know, on this, I'm just a healer, you know, nothing special, and, you know, we talk about the good of the patient, and I always like to know a little bit about the person who they're, they're seeing if I've referred them, and we just have very nice conversations. Most people in our field are very open, you know, and the, and their main, you know, real concept or idea is, is for the patient to heal. Mm-hmm. So it's unusual, you know, then, that other practitioners are... You know, not very open. So we just keep it nice and easy. I don't talk about my abilities or anything whatsoever like that. If they've heard of me, that's nice. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'm just a structural therapist helping the person, and that's it.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Elijah Free. His book is Apprentice to Angels, and you can log on to apprenticetoangels.com or rapidpainelimination.com. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm.
0: talk 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 that's all we do is talk if you'd like to talk call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787 1-866-472-5787 that's it that's it voiceamerica.com
5: wine and women is not your boring wine geek show It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where a women and wine angel swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women & Wine broadcast each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women & Wine, enjoying life, one sip at a time.
4: What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. Radio to thrive by. News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: VoiceAmerica.com.
2: We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. My guest today is Elijah Free, and Elijah's book is Apprentice to Angels, My Life as a Healer. Elijah has been a professional healer for over 30 years, whose work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and traditional consultant. He also specializes in pain elimination and helps people with fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that create pain in tissue. Welcome back, Elijah. Thank you. Very okay, much. let's get you to explain some of this. And also, okay. folks, you can give us a call if you have any questions or you're in pain, physical pain. Give us a call at 866-472-5788. Okay, let's do these definitions. What is a master medical herbalist?
3: Okay, um, I've been an herbalist now, I think this is my must yeah it has to be my thirtieth year um it's a person who is able to um uh to me I run my own lab on it i mean this is you know my degree in it, but uh, I design and still handcraft all my own formulations after almost thirty years um when I don't have something I need, I'll go into research and now you use herbs yes as in terms of of for medicines I always use herbs mm-hmm. okay. On that. And I um, design all my own formulations. I still handcraft and make them. So everything in my practice I actually make uh, from raw materials.
2: Now, do you custom make it to that person?
3: No, I have numbers of general formulas. I have, oh God, plenty of formulas. Uh, When I need to make something special, I do. On that, I'm actually making something special this week for a patient. But uh, in general, pretty much having so many formulations is I usually have something that works for people. And then also, too, a lot of them have um, the capacity you can add something to them, a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And then as a result, it brings it into that particular exact arena for the person.
2: Okay. All right. What is an iridologist?
3: That's the science of reading the irises of the eye. Um, all of the little lines and marks and everything in there get to tell us something. So I like to utilize that along with um, a number of other methods to along uh, when I'm doing medical uh, intakes to be able to take and ascertain the condition of the tissue. So iridology basically shows you the condition of the tissue but not what's conditioning it. So all of these methods have something good about them and something else that it's really good to know other things too. I don't find any one thing, including intuitive skills, really give you the full picture all the time. It's all of it.
2: It's all of it. Now, what is a hydrotherapist? Um,
3: Is that water? That's water, yes. And um, I'm trained in two different methods. One is the Native American type of sweat, which is really wonderful, and the um, connect water cures from Europe from the 18th century on them. And there are uh, different methods wherein a person is in warm water or hot water, and you give them teas to drink, which causes different types of sweats and then they're wrapped afterwards in sheets in a hot room and you can sweat out all kinds of things. So all of what about
2: sweat lodges, Elijah?
3: Oh god, those are wonderful.
2: <laughs> and what about those people who are afraid to go in them because they're claustrophobic and it's so black?
3: Yeah, well, that, that's a different thing. You have to realize that the sweat lodge, you know, uh, is also, you know, a spiritual type of thing, you know, not not just a, a material healing. But rather it's considered more of a spiritual healing, really, than a material healing. So it, it's a very different kind of experience on it. I don't do anything in a sweat lodge. I'm not trained for that. Mine are right.
2: So you're, you're, the sweating that you're talking about is more, you know, for medical purposes individually where you work with that person and they are,
3: exactly. you know, they're,
2: they're not in a black space.
3: Oh, no. No, when we used to do those a whole lot, and very lovely spaces. I lived at a hot springs at one time, and we used to use the space up there. That was wonderful.
2: All right. Now, the other thing that you do is nutrition. Uh-huh. And nutrition is just such a, again, you know, from low-carb to high-carb to vegan to vegetarian to meat to no protein to all protein. I mean, it just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Any, um, any general guidelines that you follow? Well,
3: basically what I like to do when I do work nutritionally with a person is upgrade their diet. I don't really adhere to any one particular type of diet or theory around that whole thing because they're always changing their minds every week anyhow on that. And there's all kinds of wonderful things, but there's obviously some things which are not as con- for people, which are not that conducive for their health. So I try to make it very gently, gentle with that. Um, when we need to, we, we use things which are a little more stringent, of course. But in general, I like to think of it as an upgrading for a person, that what they're doing is keeping a lot of their same diet but taking out some of the things which may not be too advantageous and adding things which are a lot better for them.
2: All right. Let's talk about some of the things that are problematic for people. Lots of sugar, mm-hmm. white flour, Uh, you know, whole wheat or whole wheat flour, for example.
3: Oh, sure, and preservatives and fried foods and processed foods and non-organic foods. There's an awful lot of it out there.
2: But it's hard to stay away from flour because that eliminates a lot, Mm -hmm. even whole grain. I mean, if you eliminate whole grain, then you're eliminating bread and pasta. Or is it just wheat that's problematic?
3: A lot of times it's wheat, you know, with that, you know, gluten-based foods. You know, you use uh, foods that don't have that, and, you know, as a result, people do a whole lot better. See, the problem with it is that wheat is actually a very wonderful food with a great alkaline balance. The problem is that um, for it is that the way it's uh, ground is under such high pressure is that the natural oils in there go rancid uh, from Mm -hmm. it. So actually what people are allergic to a lot of times is not, The actual original product itself, uh, in its natural form, but the uh, one which has gone rancid uh, from you know either high speed uh, grinding or something like that, and that's very common. A lot of the food. Can't you tell
2: that from smelling it?
3: No, I wish we could. Not for something like that, but you know, you go to the store sometime and you want to buy nuts and seeds, right? You know, and you're looking at pumpkin seeds, and they're like twelve different shades of green, and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You know, there's something not quite right with that. So, uh, we we eat a lot of food, which is, well, it may not be that conducive for us. It's it's very common, in, I think, in a, a large society like ours. However, a lot of health food stores offer really wonderful alternatives, and you know, things that are better. <laughs>
2: I have often found when I have gone into even health food stores, Elijah, where I'll bring something home such as nuts or seeds with raisins in them and I open up the plastic container and there's a rancid smell.
3: Yeah, that's real common. That's because they haven't been processed and they just don't do well you know, sitting around. A lot of things don't do well sitting around. Mm. Right.
2: So general guidelines are just stay away from processed foods, um, lots of heavy dairy and lots of heavy fat. Exactly.
3: You know, there's a lot of good foods out there, and I don't really find that there's one diet which is perfect for everybody because a lot of it, of course, is emotional, a person's needs, finances, and time, and so on. So I think, you know, that there's several things which keep us very healthy. You know, I can't say they're all, this is the right order for anybody, but one of it's eating good food. Another one is plenty of good exercise. You know, another one is... Um, lots of water, and forth to me is always having a good spiritual basis to your life. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I can't say one is more important than another, but when we get a good balance between those, then we really find that we do quite well.
2: When people come to you, do you find there's usually a common theme? Like, are most people lonely or are most people fearful or are most people, um, you know, depressed? Or is it a combination
3: well, when you've been in pain for a long time, and I can speak with this from my own personal experience, it's pretty frightening when you're, you know, at any age, when you're told, well, you're probably going to be in this kind of pain for the rest of your life, or you may need to do something really drastic to see if that helps. But statistically, it may or it may not. You know, it's kind of up for grabs on the way, uh-huh. you know, the cards are going to fall. So fear is a very common thread. Um, how I purport myself with each, each patient it's important that it's confident, but not overconfident or arrogant. You know, light enough, but without, you know, acting as if what the person is, is going through is not of import. And that helps to allay the fear. But the most important thing in any healing, the first thing you always have to do with a patient is help to allay the fear. Once you can do that and you actually can experience that happening, the healing is underway. But sometimes fear can be so deeply based in a person that they just can't let go of that no matter what you do. And that can really mm-hmm. either hold up the healing or the healing may not happen. But that's yeah. always the first thing on it. A lot of times pain, since that's my specialty, makes a person very alone because they hurt and they're not, they can't get out socially. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. They go, gee, you look great. The person's in pain. So mm-hmm. all of the things that you said may possibly be operative.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Now, what advice would you give to the average person listening to this who just wants to be happier in their life?
3: Oh, let's see. I think it really always comes down to the choices that we make when faced with difficult decisions. You know, in the end of ends, it's really only love that counts. I think it's attitude is what it all comes down to you know mm-hmm. earlier you mentioned about um you know television and the negativity and all of that is we just have to start to learn you know or look at the good the good that's around us and you know sometimes it might be hard when you're in the midst of a situation but yeah. i always try to get people to look at something good that's happening you know yeah. to them so that they don't feel so isolated with it and Part of it is the isolation you know when a person isn 't feeling well or they 're in pain, but we have to start to look at the good things around us, how beautiful the day is, the fact we mm-hmm. have a place to live, we have food, you know we have family that 's doing well, maybe there 's a, a wonderful pet, maybe there 's a spouse, maybe there 's a child. What a gorgeous day isn 't this wonderful? Garfield was hysterical this morning, you mm-hmm. know, and the more we start to look at the good around us, the less we start to really focus on the bad and negative mm-hmm. things and You know, as earlier you mentioned, those bad and negative things really pull us down, and that really is the precursor to pain and suffering.
2: Yeah. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. My guest is Elijah Free, who is a professional healer for over 30 years, whose work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and nutritional consultant. He specializes in pain elimination, including fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that create pain in the tissue. We're talking about his work, his new book, Apprentice to Angels, which is about healing, spirituality, and his life as a healer. And you're listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin. There's still time to call in after the break at 866-472-5788 if you're listening live, which is Monday, April 7th. And if not, you can catch these shows on the archive right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Stay tuned. There's more. We'll be right back.
0: Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday, at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with Attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
2: We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And there's still time to call in at 866-472-5788. We have a great guest for you today. His name is Elijah Free, and his book is Apprentice to Angels, which is about healing, spirituality, and his life as a healer. He has also been a professional healer for over 30 years, and his work includes being a master medical herbalist, iridologist, hydrotherapist, and nutritional consultant. And he specializes in pain elimination, including fibromyalgia, arthritic states, and other forms of metabolic conditions that create pain and tissue. And you can log on to RapidPainElimination.com, RapidPainElimination.com, or ApprenticeToAngels.com, ApprenticeToAngels.com. Welcome back, Elijah. Thank you. And one of the things you talk about in your book are that we are one family of a divine parent. Yes. What does that mean?
3: Well, basically, God is really our mother-father. You know, we think of our parents as being our earthly parents. And, you know, I, I like to relate when people come to me, you know, and they're kind of in my age group and, you know, in the 50s or even older in the 60s, and they're still going on about what their parents did. Rather than... Try to, you know, look at did their mom love them or their dad didn't love them or so on is really learning more about God and that God is really our parent, you know, mother and father and that it's God who really loves us, gives us our goodness, you know, our lives really come from God and that God really loves all of us so that there isn't, you know, the competition that one is loved more or someone wasn't cared for during their lives. And once we can begin to shift that Understanding, you know, from material parents to a divine parents, wow, things really begin to change in our lives very dramatically. We stop blaming, you know, childhood problems. In fact, we just plain forget about our childhood and mm-hmm. we begin to live much more in the moment so that, you know, we begin to receive what God is giving us, you know, each and every moment of the day.
2: Yeah. And along with that, in your book you talk about how important it is then once you really get that guidance to make the right choices and how the choices we make don't just affect us, but they affect others in the world. Yes. Talk about that.
3: Okay, I'd like to actually read the the full quote from the book that I, I paraphrased earlier. It all comes around to the good that we do when faced with extreme situations and the choices that we make when faced with difficult decisions. And in the end of ends, it is only love that matters. I, to me, at least in my life, honestly, I, I can really only speak for myself, Patricia, truthfully, is that I find that often there's many, many, you know, decisions to be made during the day, many choices that we encounter, you know, time and time and time again. And I think we can all, you know, look at the fact that, A lot of these choices or decisions that we have to make are very repetitive. They keep coming up again and again and Mm -hmm. again and again. It's kind of like that movie some years ago, Groundhog Day, You know, with Bill Murray where he had to keep living the same day over until he finally got it right. Mm -hmm. Well, we encounter these same choices and decisions, and they may have different identities, different people, and they may have different appearances, but really the heart of the whole thing really comes down to when are we going to really start to make these choices correctly? And when we do, we find eventually after a period of time that those situations stop. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these things we go, oh, people are always taking advantage of me or I'm always in a bad relationship or I'm always the one never looked at at work or whatever. You know, it really isn't the other person. It's really what's in our hearts. And we talk about at the end of that uh, statement, in the end of ends, it's really only love that counts. When we start to see that we're not the most important thing in the world, that we're not the most important thing in the universe, and that, amazingly enough, the universe doesn't revolve around us, and that other people's cares and their needs and their woes may actually be more important, is when we begin to really wonderfully lose that sense of personal self. You know That's when we really start to move beyond that, and that's when we start to be able to actually change things as they are. So these decisions that we come across, you know, all day long. Am I going to be a grump or am I going to be nice? Am I going to be angry at that person for what the company did? Or am I going to thank that person perhaps, you know, just just for the help that they gave me out of this situation? So it's again it's looking at what's real about it. Well, other people's needs, other people's feelings. And when we can start to put ours aside, we start to see the goodness in other people and just all around us and that's how things change. It, You know, it isn't visualizing world peace or whatever. It's understanding that the peace that we are always seeking is already here. We -hmm. don't need to go anywhere to find it. We have to learn to actually see it. Yeah, within ourselves. And live within it. Yes, exactly.
2: Do you think it's very important also, Elijah, to surround yourself around the right people who think this way?
3: It is. And if we only do that, then we're never going to be able to go out and, you know, help other people who don't think that way to, to really upgrade their own way of thinking and belief. So yes, I think sometimes it's very wonderful, but that would be like saying, well, I would only surround myself with people who are already healed. Mm-hmm. You know, my job is to go off and, you know, help other people to heal. There's a great story in, in some of the great stories in the New Testament where, you know, some of the the Hoity toid people would go over there and they go, Look who Jesus is hanging out with today. Oh my God, there are prostitutes and there are drunks, and they're money lenders, and they're that, you know, and his reply was, well, they're the ones who really need me, so mm-hmm. we're all really needed, you know, I think we come together in wonderful union and for group support and community, but our work is really with those who don't have that understanding yet, they're the mm-hmm. people who are really suffering,
2: they're That's the ones who really need us. Mm-hmm. So closing thoughts, if people get one thing out of this interview today about Apprentice to Angels and your work, what would it be, Elijah?
3: that God is ever-present in here and now and always a help when needed.
2: And that if we, if we really believe that, then our fear will be less.
3: Exactly. You know, fear ye not, stand ye still and see the salvation which has come today. I'm not always just quoting Bible all the time. Believe me, I don't do that because I read lots and lots of scriptures and all kinds of things. These just happen to come to mind right now. You know, where if we learn to stand still and not fear, you know, and run all over the place, that that we see that the goodness is here now. And that's the important thing is learning to live in the now and not yesterday or next week or something like that.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Elijah Free. Thank you
3: so much. This has been one of the most wonderful interviews I've ever done.
2: Really? Oh, Oh, I just love this. your
3: questions, I just, I feel, how would I put it, that the hearts, these are the questions in the hearts of people. And I Thank feel that you. you've done just a beautiful job of, <laughs> of responding to that need.
2: Thank you. Well, that's what we try to do here. We want to, you know, help make the world a better place by um, really, I mean, what's compelling about your work is that there's a peace in what you say. You're not struggling with this. You really have that belief, and you can tell by talking to you. There isn't any edge to what you say. And that says to people, you can live like this too.
3: Well, you know, my, my childhood, people read the to Angels. My childhood, I talked about it in the book, as being very rough and abusive. But, you know, the only reason I mentioned that was to say that we all move on and we can heal from that if yes. we only really, really, really want to, you know, and realize that the most important thing is what inspired me was not doing it for myself. I can never do that. But for the people who come to see me, I needed to be an example to them that it right. can occur.
2: And your background was your teacher. What's that? Your background background was your teacher, what you happened to you as a child. Yes. As
3: your teacher. Exactly, And then we move
2: on. All right. Thanks so much, Elijah. Stay on the line. My guest is Elijah Free. His website is ApprenticeToAngels.com and RapidPainElimination.com. And it's been a wonderful interview. Next week, I'm interviewing Janae Weinhold and Barry Weinhold, husband and wife team. And they have served for over five decades as a licensed mental health professionals. Their book is The Flight from Intimacy, Heal Your Relationship of Counterdependency on the Other Side of Codependency. It's a groundbreaking exploration of counterdependency, the chronic avoidance of intimacy by two pioneers in the psychological treatment of codependency. So there you have it, folks. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Write to me at patricia at raskinresources.com I love you all remember stay healthy stay happy get the support you need and know you can make your dreams come true until next time I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living have a great day
1: Been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4
0: p.m. Pacific, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.